Hello, and welcome to the Reader's Quadrant, an Empyrean podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Samantha. We are doing a chapter-by-chapter reread and analysis of the Empyrean book series written by Rebecca Yaros. Today, we will be discussing Chapter 6 of Fourth Wing. We do swear, and we are not spoiler-free. You have been warned. Uh, And just a brief note before we get into everything, um, as mentioned in our last couple episodes, we are changing things up in the new year. We are no longer having a separate section at the very end for Iron Flame discussion. It'll now just be interlaced throughout our regular chapter discussion. So if you haven't yet read Iron Flame and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, stop listening right now and go read that book and then continue on with um, with our episodes once you finish that. It's worth it. Yes. Don't be spoiled, please. Please, please read it before you listen. (laughs) (laughs) Especially uh, with a character in this chapter. Yes, exactly. Uh, Okay, so uh, the battle brief this week, I think really the biggest news and the thing that everyone is most excited about is we have official confirmation that Rebecca Yaros has started writing Empyrean number three. Whoop, whoop. I am, I can't contain my excitement. <laughs> it is very I exciting. I, I did, yeah. I did notice in her uh, Instagram thing about it though, she used the sword emoji twice. So I know there's been a lot of chatter about that. Yeah, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. I think people are going to die. Yeah. People are going to be sad about it. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's in reference to like the special daggers that you need to kill the venom to rather than just like a regular sword. Yeah, it could be. Or maybe it just also means like war is coming. Like, like in general, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's kind of where I was thinking, especially with the way uh, things go in Iron Flame. Like I could definitely see a war coming. And she did say it's time to go back to Basquiat. So it has me curious about how much of Book Three is going to be at Basquiat, because that is yeah. where we ended Iron Flame. Yeah, I wonder though if like she's just using Basquiat, like maybe just as like. That meaning this world because like if she just said no more people are gonna know what she means because everything maybe. has Basquiat on it and to be fair we definitely are gonna start there because like I said that's where we ended so yeah. we will be there at, at, at the very least for the beginning of the book but I can't imagine that we wouldn't go back to uh Tyrandor at some point wait no but Zayden can't leave he can't Kenny? Oh, wait, no, 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 that's just the wards. But isn't it better, better for him to be there because that's where Jack is being held? And I'm assuming they're going to be doing some kind of the same experiments that they're doing, they did on Jack on him. So I don't think he'll be leaving. It's probably safest for him to be there. I don't know. Well, that part, yes. I don't know if I agree about the experiments. Cause I thought that was more just because he was dead and now he's not. <laughs> Yeah, but I have to assume now that they'll be doing some kind of experiments uh, to test and see if they can get rid of being a Venom, and I don't think they'll test out their theories on Zayden. I think they will test them on Jack. (laughs) Oh, you know, I feel so bad for him. Oh, Mm -hmm. darn. I know. How sad. Poor Jack. I hope he's okay. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, so uh, further down the line, I think probably once we get a title for book number three, Samantha and I will do another theories episode. Yeah. Um, but, but probably not before we get a uh, title. No. Um, and that probably, I'm assuming that probably won't be until much like closer. the fall, maybe. <laughs> yeah. At the earliest, honestly, because hopefully she'll take her time more with this one. Yeah, because I think, like we said in earlier episodes, I don't see this coming out until, like, at the earliest December 2024. I think a a winter 2025 uh, release date is more likely. Yeah, and hopefully her editors will listen to her more. And, you know, if she says something should be two books, maybe it should be two books. Just a thought. uh, (laughs) This is a common, common discussion point. And complaint in our Discord chat about Iron Flame that people like the book and we like we like the uh, plots and everything. It's just it, to me, book uh, parts one and parts two of Iron Flame felt so disjointed. It was like whiplash going between the two, and I disagree with the editor. It definitely should have been two separate books, even if they were shorter. Well, like, yeah, and they could have done the pacing maybe a bit more or fleshed out some more details on things, or we could have gotten yes. some more character dynamics. You know, there's a lot that could have been done to flesh it out. And, which is, I, I hope, I hope that both Urakiaros and her editors have taken the criticisms that they've gotten to heart. Uh, I, I am hopeful that... Uh, with the longer space between book two and three, a lot of those issues will be solved. I think it was a real mistake doing the first two books six months apart. I understand wanting to capitalize on the hype, but now that the hype already exists, yeah, I think yeah, a, a, a longer wait won't negatively impact the series, and hopefully editing will get a lot better. Because I, what I said in the Discord chat was, yeah, sometimes an author needs to be told no, in regards to stuff and I don't think that happened like a lot of it could a lot of the book could have been edited down a lot of things could have been clarified made things a lot more concise but we'll see I still loved Iron Flame it's just there was a lot of like smaller issues for me which we've already discussed in our reaction episode yeah um, another thing that happened is Amazon selected Fourth Wing as the number four best book of 2023, and Woo-hoo. Iron Flame came in at number 53, which is kind which of is funny. insane <laughs> considering that Iron Flame only came out beginning of November. True. Do we know what the top three books were? I did not look that up. Let's see. I bet we could find it quick though. <laughs> Because, yes, Rebecca Yaros got this cute little, like, display thingy. That was for a different... Her, she posted on her Instagram. Was that for Amazon? I thought that was for a different one. That was for Amazon because she said to be... It mentioned in the same breath as the Heaven and Earth grocery store, which is Amazon's number oh, one. Oh, yes. Was an honor. So, I haven't yes. read that one, but maybe I should. Okay, so, yeah. So, the top three... Wait, do you have it, too? Sorry. I yeah, I have it too. Go for it. So number one is the Heaven and Earth Grocery Store. Yes. By that... James McBride. Number two is the Berry Pickers by Amanda Peters. And the number three is the Art Thief 
A story of a love, crime, and a dangerous obsession. Oh, those all sound actually good. They do. And that's by Michael Finkel. Yes, I haven't read any of those, so I cannot comment on them. But I will say that Rebecca Yaros did say that um, Heaven Earth Grocery Store was amazing. So if you're looking for a new read, maybe do that one. To recap from last chapter episode, which has been a couple weeks now. In the last chapter, Violet had her first battle brief class. We get introduced to the other cadets in her year and her efforts to go unnoticed fail spectacularly. I find it pretty funny. Uh, We also learned that the wards fail occasionally and nobody seems to know why. But, you know, just don't ask questions. It'll be fine. Violet then gets her first experience with sparring at the gym. She watches Riddick and Aurelie spar and then also makes a deal with Rhiannon and Sawyer for help sparring in exchange for tutoring. Jack kills another cadet and then threatens that he's going to do the same to Violet. Which, side note, why is he so pissed at Violet? Like, seriously, she didn't do anything to him. It's really weird. Toxic. Yeah, toxic masculinity ruins the party again. It, he like he was embarrassed by her, and I think that's literally it. Well, I mean, he was like that before that, though. Even like on the parapet itself. So it's just he has a weird fixation to me. Yeah, he needs to take her down a peg. Why? I mean, I feel like he feels like he needs to take her down a peg, and I mean, it's just I feel like that's just a guy thing. Uh, a toxic guy thing. Yeah. Um, And then Violet then spars with Imogen, tries to bait her emotionally, which then backfires with Imogen breaking Violet's arm and dislocating her shoulder. And that is where we start up in chapter seven. So the blurb before the chapter for chapter six reads, it is my opinion that of all the signet powers writers provide, Mending is the most precious, but we cannot allow ourselves to become complacent when in the company of such a signet, for menders are rare and the wounded are not. Major Frederick's Modern Guide for Healers. So this is the first time that we have seen this particular guide mentioned. Um, Yeah. It shows that the healers are going to be important because we've covered off the riders, codex, the scribes, and now we're moving on to the healers. So the only kind of missive that we're missing here is the... Uh, infantry. Yes, thank you. The infantry, which of course we get more of in Iron Flame. Yes, they're fine. I don't think we, I don't think we do anything with infantry, even in the opening blurbs of the chapters. I don't think we have them at all in uh, Fourth Wing. No, I don't think so either. Um, so Major Frederick, Frederick, the name means peaceful ruler. And actually, when I was looking at the names of the healers that we come to meet in this chapter, a lot of these names are like peaceful and like have a similar theme, which I thought was interesting. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So to start the chapter... Uh, We start with Dane carrying Violet to the healer quadrant, which is apparently through the lower covered passage and over the ravine, basically across a stone bridge. Um, Violet notes that to Dane, she says, everyone saw you lose it when he uh, carried her out of the sparring ring, which is interesting because he's tried so hard to act like he doesn't care. So I wonder what 
Zayden thought about this situation. Like how he must, I don't, was he in the room? I don't think so, but he must have heard. I would imagine he was. I mean, he's wing leader and it's his, you know, wing sparring. Yeah, so. He may not have been at that mat, but I have a feeling he was in the gym. So he, at this point, he still thinks that Violet and Dane kind of have something going on, right? Yeah, because he already uh, chided Dane for it. And Dane's like, I didn't lose it. He he just has like, he has no, he lacks self-awareness. He does. Violet says, you shouted and carried me out of there like I mean something to you. And he says, you do mean something to me. Aww. <laughs> um, I do notice too, I don't know if you're going to say or not, but Violet notes how she mentally creates a wall around her page and then tells herself that it's not there. And that kind of reminds me of what she does later when she, you know, practices shielding with her dragons and also in mm. Iron Flame when she's learning to shield so she can shield out Dane, like that kind of thing. Like she's already like her entire life had practiced building mental walls. Yes, because she needs to work almost every day to like shield herself from her own pain. So I think she was particularly well equipped for that sort of thing. Right. Which is yeah, an, an interesting, an interesting fact. Um, so we learn that Violet has a lot of experience with the healers, with healers in the past, and we meet Winifred, and her, like, her name means friend of peace, which I like. Yeah. Um, uh, and we also learn that unlike in a lot of, I I find, fantasy worlds, the healers in Rebecca Yaros's world... Um, don't have magical power. They rely on medicines and tinctures because healers uh, instinctively, like they don't, only people who bond with dragons can channel their power through their sickness. But that's, it's really the dragon's power. So healers have to rely on like just traditional medicine, which is why menders who are riders are so important. Yeah, I mean, they're basically just like doctors in real time life. Yeah. So Winifred tells another healer to go get Nolan, and Dane is vehemently opposed to this, and we later learn that this is because he wants to use Violet's injury to force her to go back to the Scribe Quadrant, and I hate this so fucking much. Like, once again, he's taking away her agency, and he's trying to use her delirious state of being in pain to do so. Oh, yeah. It's kind of date rapey in a way. His whole thing is, well, if she is uh, injured and in a sling and people see her in a sling, there's no way that they, they will let her go back to the rider's quadrant. And if they just let it heal for a few weeks, then she can go to the scribe quadrant because it's only been one day. And But at this point, I think she has to have, to- she has to have told him like at least 50 times that I am not so going to the scribe times. quadrant. So many times. So we learn that... Like I said before, though Nolan is being called by the healers, he himself is actually a rider. He's a mender. Um, so he has his own dragon. He just works closely with the healers um, because he is, in fact, married to Winifred, which I thought was interesting. I wonder how she feels after the events of Iron Flame. <laughs> I have that exact same note. Does, does she know? Does she know what he did to Violet? Do we even see her at all in Iron Flame? I don't... I don't remember her being there ever. Mm, yeah. 
I don't know. But she, so Winifred notes, I told her they'd break you, which, you know, I like Winifred, but this annoys me because this is another person being like, oh yeah, you're broken. You're broken. But it is interesting that she told that directly to Lilith. Yeah. So it's crazy that Winifred felt comfortable enough to talk back to the general. Yeah. I just like the way she says that, like, after that, it just reminds me of, like, you know, like, the, how sometimes older la- ladies of a certain age will kind of talk to themselves and be like, would she listen to me? No. <laughs> She's so stuck. Yeah. And just like... <laughs> um... <laughs> And it's so interesting because everyone talks about how stubborn Lilith is. I think Violet has that. She gets that stubbornness from her mother. Oh, 100%. Because she is also super, super stubborn. They always talk about how Violet is like her dad, but she's also a lot like her mom. She just doesn't acknowledge it. Yeah. So we learn that Violet's arm is, in fact, broken. And she'll most likely need a surgeon. Um. And Winifred and Nolan have been mending Violet together for the last five years. So I have a question for you. Why not for her whole life? Why hasn't she been healed by them for her whole life? It seems like only after Brennan died was she seen by them. Was Lilith trying to hide Violet's quote-unquote condition? Like, that made no sense to me. Well, and also, maybe Brennan was the one mending her before. Maybe. Because he'd been out for a while, so or he'd been out for... What do we say? It was like a couple it, years. I thought it was only like a couple years, but she was 15 at the time that he died. So he, they had been mending her since she was 10. Oh, wait, no, 15. So he would have only been mending her for like three years because that's how long he was out of the academy. So what was going on before they knew that Brennan was a mender? Well, they were traveling a lot. They were at different outposts and things. Like they talk about, you know, when Violet and Dane were at that southern outpost um i forget which one it was now wherever it was with that language that he could read Mm. and so i mean they they kind of moved around like you know military families in real-time life like they reshuffled around a lot so they probably weren't in one place for her to get used to any one healer i would agree but i think it still stands to reason that they are definitely trying to keep or at least lilith was trying to keep violet's um, like Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, like under wraps because nobody at Basgeath knows about it. Like it's not common knowledge that the daughter of the general has this condition. Well, apparently, it is among the dragons. This is true, but they know they know all. <laughs> true. I mean, um, it was being discussed. So, apparently, <laughs> finally, we meet Nolan, who. <laughs> God. I, I'm loath to admit this now. He was someone I really liked in the first book. Same. Not so much in Iron Flame. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, so his name means champion or someone of noble blood, which I wasn't quite sure what to make of yet. Um, yeah. So he's also 84 years old. Yeah. Which I did not I realize did not remember he was that old. <laughs> For my first couple of reads, and this seems crazy to me since we know that a lot of writers die young and they have a very short life expectancy. So do we think that since he's a mender, he can mend himself or because menders are so rare that they kind of like they, the general they, like the higher ups kind of protected him and didn't send him to the most more dangerous places? 
I bet they just stick them in the healer's quadrant and don't send them out if they can help it. Because by the time Brennan died, he still would have been in his 70s. So he wouldn't have been out and about. But I'm like, how did he make it to his 70s? That's what I'm saying. They just stuck him in the healers and said, you stay there. Which, I wonder how his dragon feels about that. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Um, Do we even get his dragon's name? Not not in this chapter, at the very least. Um, So they give Violet a tonic which we learn is called and this is the pronunciation that i could find online for l-e-i-g-h-e-a-s lice like lice like head lice really? <laughs> lice serum oh yeah I personally which like literally <laughs> and that that word literally means cure or medicine that's so. funny <laughs> is it a gallic word too yeah okay that's why i didn't know how to pronounce it so Nolan tells Dane that he's not doing a good job at keeping Violet, Violet safe, which kind of made me giggle, even <laughs> though I hate both of them. And interesting to note, Nolan does not agree with conscripting the rebel children. He doesn't agree that you should be pu- the children should be punished for the sins of the parents, which means that he is in line with Lilith. Yeah. So I feel like, did everyone disagree with Melgren on this? I feel like probably. And he just had the final say. I wonder if the word really just came down from the king and there was nothing you could do about it. I don't know. Melgren seemed pretty gung-ho. Yeah. <laughs> For, like, what we see of him in Iron Flame. And plus, even what we see from him in this book. Like, when he comes for the um, reunification day or whatever it is they call it. And he's like, oh, I want to see him. I want to make sure he's staying in line. Like, all that other shit where he's, like, hating on the... Um, marked kids I thought that was the king I thought that was Melgren at the ball yeah wasn't it Melgren I thought I'm pretty sure that's the king I need to reread again (laughs) (laughs) anyways I'm gonna blame my cold (laughs) um Violet tells Nolan to mend her just this once because if she needs it all the time people will think she's weak Dane responds by saying, which is why we have to use this opportunity to get you out. Which, once again, it just hints that he also thinks Violet is weak. Because he's not like, no, you're not. (laughs) He's like, yeah, that's why we have to get you out of here. So finally, for my part, um, we hear that even with mending, injuries still hurt for a while, which is interesting to me. There are no quick fixes in this world. Like, there's no just snap your fingers and everything's okay like the pain still lingers yeah i thought that was interesting and i wonder it's probably i don't know i'll talk about later but um it just kind of reminds me of it's probably a good thing violet was knocked out at the end of this book anyways that's it for my part really short uh dane begs violet again to switch quadrants for him he's like oh for me please she's just like no (sighs) she doesn't want to and I definitely don't like that he waited for her to be drugged basically to try to enact his plan to essentially force her to the scribes and even Mm -hmm. in her drug state like she's literally slurring her words she can't talk she's drugged like that Yeah, and she still is putting her foot down and saying no Mm -hmm. which I think says something about her resolve Nolan then basically he he orders Dane to leave because he's just agitating her. 
and he finally does. Nolan then starts to mend Violet, which is also apparently a very painful process. Like, they put leather in her mouth for her to bite down on, and she, she describes the pain as, like, white-hot agony. And it's so painful it causes her to pass out. Which, like I said, it tells you how close to death she was when Brennan healed her from the venom's poison since so she didn't wake up from it. Like, she stayed. Yeah. Unconscious. So, um, after that is all over, Violet goes back to her bunk with her arm in a sling, and Rhiannon is so happy to see her. I love their friendship. They chat briefly and mention their deal so that Violet can be ready for when the challenges start in two weeks. So we've got a little bit more of some time marking here. While they're talking, Violet notices that there's something under her pillow. And Rhiannon notices Tara, which is adorable. Uh, under Violet's pillow is a journal with a note on top from Mira. Mira writes that she's proud of Violet for making it uh, into the quadrant. And that she bribed a scribe to sneak this in, which is hard to say. And also, um, who do you think she bribed? Was it some random scribe? Or do you think it was Jacinia? I don't think she would have had to bribe Jacinia. That's fair. So, with this, we are introduced to the Book of Brennan. Inside is Brennan's experience and advice for surviving the Riders Quadrant. The second page also has a note from Brennan to Mira when she entered the Quadrant. And he tells her that she has to live, quote, because Violet is watching. You can't let her see you fall. Which is kind of sweet in a way. Their family dynamics amongst the siblings are... It's sweet, but also weird. I don't know. And also to me, those like they see her as a baby in a way. Like I know she, at that time she was younger. But she wasn't like baby young either. Uh, Violet then lies to Rhiannon about the book. It says it's just his journal. She doesn't tell Rhiannon that it's like got tips and tricks and whatnot. Um, does she ever but I mean uh, Rhiannon's, a, Rhiannon's a real one anyways because she knows that this is like prohibited prohibited material even if it is just her brother's journal um, that should have been burned so she's a, she's a real one yeah, and then she also says, too, that they don't always burn everything either in her family, because sometimes it's nice to have something. Yeah, I, I just love Rhiannon. She's amazing. Does Violet ever tell Rhiannon, like, the full of what this book is? I don't remember. I don't... I, I don't think so, because I think that would have also involved coming clean about how, in the future in this book, Violet defeats her opponents in sparring yeah true so i don't think so but i view this as kind of a more personal like you know how harry and harry potter in the first book he is like he wants the mirror of erisa to himself because it's like personal because he sees his family i kind of view this in a similar vein she just keeps a lot of the information to herself like none of it is really like relevant to Rhiannon 
And I don't think any of it would have helped Rhiannon because I think Rhiannon thrives in the Riders Quadrant, like in this environment. I don't think she would have found any of it particularly useful anyways. True. The first bit of advice that Brennan gives is a map of where the classrooms are and where the instructors meet. He then goes on to say that the challenge matches are predetermined and that she can find out ahead of time who she will be facing. This leaves Violet to hatch her plan. She wants she doesn't say what her plan is yet. Um, but we know it. She's gonna poison everybody. It's awesome. Love that for her. Love that for her. And she's also an advantage that she essentially grew up at Basketh. She knows the grounds like the back of her hand. And so she now mm-hmm. has two weeks to get her foraging done and everything prepped and made and whatnot. And that's how we end the chapter. You know, I love that Violet, even though she just had her fucking, like, arm broken and, like, pulled out of its socket, she, now that she has this and she can use her brain, like, she is not at all intimidated about these upcoming sparring matches. She's like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yep. Which would be nice if everyone else in her life (laughs) would agree with her about that. I know. At least she is confident in herself, even if no one else is. I feel like her new Riders Quadrant friends are confident in her. True. They question her less than people have known her for years. Yeah. So sad. Poor Violet. Yeah. Also, fuck Nolan. <sighs> Honestly, he was like, I, after Fourth Wing, I would have put him as one of like the characters that I really enjoyed. Not necessarily like a fair, favorite character, but I, he was always there for Violet to like help her. Yeah, but he was a nice I'm wondering, character. I'm wondering if we'll pick up on any hints or foreshadowing in this reread of ours here about his future naughty deeds. Especially after Jack falls. True. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, curious to see, see everyone's rea- every, how everyone in the higher-ups acts after that. Yeah, that's going to be real interesting. Anyways, that's the chapter for the week. It was a very short one, so... Which was good. (laughs) Yeah, it was good to ease back into post-holiday life with a couple of short chapters, because next week's will also be a fairly quick chapter. Um, So, what we are currently up to, I have started on the magnificent journey of uh, watching Doctor Who. Now, I'm not starting with the ones that go back all the way to, like, the 60s. I'm starting with the ones that happened in like the early 2000s and it's a super fun super fun show i can't believe i haven't watched it before but i'm really enjoying myself it's just nonsense and i'm having a lot of fun nice i've i've seen bits and pieces i've just never really gotten to it like other people have um and i am well i have like four books on the go right now but (laughs) One of the ones that is different from my usual that I say on here is Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Um, so it's kind of just like his, like a memoir about what's what it's like to be in a kitchen and everything. And it's interesting. He he was an interesting guy. So yeah, that was that was crazy when that happened with him. Yeah, sad. This is very sad. <laughs> okay. 
after that bummer. Um, <laughs> and then what I've been doing is just enjoying the general holiday merriment that comes along with Christmas and New Year's and all that time off. But now it's back to the real world, back to work, back to everything. And Sam and I were talking before we started this podcast about how the week after New Year's is just absolute insanity because you're trying to catch up on all the stuff that you didn't get done while you were on holidays and so it's just been it's been the longest week ever and it's been so busy (laughs) and I completely messed up my neck so that's been super fun how is that doing by the way um yeah it's a lot better I have medicine but you know as I'm just creeping closer to 30 I woke up one morning (laughs) and I was in a lot of pain (laughs) so (laughs) that was great so what have you been up to um yeah 30 it all goes downhill um (laughs) (laughs) so I was watching the west wing although I got sick last week and so my comfort watch is parks and rec so I've kind of been going back to binging parks and rec also Sesame Street because my child is obsessed with it so we watch a lot of that they did a really good joke, but what we watched last night, actually. God. So there's that food truck thing, like I've mentioned, right? And Cookie mm. Monster always eats one of the ingredients. So they have to go learn about it. And they're supposed to be making this Mexican alphabet soup. And the gogger is like, well, where's the alphabet pasta? And he's like, oh, it's right here in a bag. And I just put it away. He's like, well, why'd you do that? So you wouldn't notice I ate the tomatoes. <laughs> and the thing is, it actually worked. Like, we didn't notice the tomatoes were missing either. <laughs> oh, my God. So I know it sounds dumb, but it was really funny. Um, <laughs> um, I'm finally almost done with reading A Promised Land. It just takes forever, and then life keeps happening. Um... I've also started my reread of Iron Flame. I'm not too far in yet because, again, life. Um, and then I have... I finally... I dyed my hair. It sounds darker color. I really like it. I started a new... Oh, yeah. I forgot you did that. Yep. Uh, it's supposed to be like a chocolate, like a dark chocolate brown. It looks almost black, but that's okay. Um... I started a new job on Tuesday and they got sick on Thursday. So that <laughs> happened. Luckily, they were super cool about it and they let me work from home. And I have my little pet skeleton dragon that I bought for Halloween. And now he lives on my desk and I need to find some sort of name for him. Oh, right. We'll post a picture on our Instagram. Yeah, I'll take a picture of her. I, I should say her because I generally refer to my pet dragon is a she her wings move and her jaws move so that's kind of fun that is fun um yeah so she lived outside for a while just as like a porch decoration for halloween and now it's winter time we actually had our first like real snow here like yesterday it is actually like stuck and there's been more snow today a little bit it's yeah. starting to melt a little bit, but my understanding is we're going to get, like, a shit ton more snow this week. 
I think Tom. Yeah, we're I, supposed to get a bunch on Tuesday. I don't know about you guys. I think so. I forget what day. It might be Tuesday, but my husband said we're supposed to get like nine inches of snow, I want to say. <laughs> like, it was a lot. Oh, that's more. That's more than we're expecting. That's for sure. It was a lot. So, I may end up working from home more days this week. We'll see. Which is fine. But that's pretty much about it right now for that. Just trying to learn a new job and whatnot. Uh, it's mostly HR trainings right now, so that's fun. <laughs> that is fun. I love HR trainings. Yeah. Yeah. That was why they're like, oh, you could just work from home because so you got to do those trainings anyway. So just do those. That, and that's That's nice of them because I hate when... You get someone who's, like, super not accommodating. I know. Like, I thought I was going to have to use, like, I started out with three personal days. Sick and vacation time is earned, so I don't have any of that yet. And so I thought I was going to have to use my personal days. Like, well, how about you just swing by, pick up your laptop, and then you can do that from home. Cool. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, so, I love that. I'm still a little stiffly and congested. It's great. <laughs> Um, so anyways, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you're listening to us. You can find our Instagram at Readers Quadrant Podcast, and you can email us at readersquadpod at gmail.com. Be sure to join our Discord. We've been having a lot of fun discussions on there over the holidays about fun merch that people have gotten and then books that people are reading. Um, but yeah, a link will be posted on our Instagram. Yes, and also one thing that's been really big for a lot of us lately is StoryGraph. So if you want to get a StoryGraph, um, you can add one or both of us on there. We can see what everybody's reading. Yeah, we'll post links to our StoryGraph as well on our Instagram yeah. account. Yep, mine is on my bookstagram, so you can always find it on there as well. Um, I... I think I've mentioned in previous episodes that I work in finance and StoryGraph is all about the data and yes. the charts. And I am obsessed because I love a good chart. I love data. So I like that you can mark books as own. So you kind of create like a list of your own personal library um, without having read it. So like you could just mark owned and like. I'm sure a lot of us have books that we own that we have not got around to reading yet you can still mark them as being owned um, you mm -hmm. can import your data from Goodreads so you don't have to start over and it's not owned by Amazon which is also a big plus for me yes that's why I like it although so many people joined it recently that it crashed I believe like three times I, I, read, <laughs> I read that Storygraph has a staff of two full time employees and one part time and it crashed yeah and so you there is also a premium um option on storygraph so if you feel like supporting a small or indie company rather than um a big corporation like amazon uh go on there and uh, give them your money instead if you're inclined to do so yeah i think it's pretty cheap too even with that it's like what six bucks a month or something like that yeah it's not too bad uh i know everyone has a ton of subscriptions these days that add up but if you feel like you can have one more and you feel like it would add value, uh, StarGraph is great. I really enjoy it. Yes. Let's make them crash again. Hopefully or let's not. give them enough money that so they, they can hire another <laughs> employee. <laughs> yes. So 
with that, thank you all again so much for listening. Uh, this podcast and you all give us life. We really appreciate you mm. all. And mm-hmm. uh, let's hope for a great 2024. And yes. remember, the right way isn't the only way. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his song, The Pyre, for our intro and outro music.